The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I've got a ticket to paradise, and it's this app. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. It's not that I need attention. It's just that if or when I don't okay. get it, All I right. will go nuclear. <laughs> the way you started it, and I was like, way to fucking kick my ass. As you always do, you guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 367, I think. And you know how I know this? Because I was like, when the fuck has this guest been on AG last? And it was, in fact, our live show with Kelly Clorn Benson on AG 300. Let's just cut to the chase. You know him as writer, host of the iconic podcast, Shut Up Evan and Drop Your Buffs. And as I so lovingly refer to him, the Doris Kearns Goodwin of Bravo. Welcome back to Andy's Girls in your first time to the Clawfist, Evan time. Ross Katz. Thank you so much. You oh know, my it's God. funny that you mentioned that live show because I was just, I have like a drawer, I have like a drawer of just like random stuff that like doesn't go anywhere. Ooh, and, and I as ha- I point yep, to. Let's see what I'm talking about. Yep. I have the Kelly Clorin Ben Simone signed jelly beans. Yes. You and I each got yes. a copy. <laughs> I literally went to so many places to find the perfect flavor and I did find the tropical mix. Yeah. I mean, you did the work. I did the work. You did the work and she came and did the work. And listen, she delivered big that night. She did. We got picked up by, like, literally the Today Show, Cosmo. I have a page. The first time I was in the print version of page six, which is framed on my wall in the hallway. I mean, my goodness. I mean, if anything was going to make the case for her necessity on Legacy, I think that night was like, for me at least, I was like, okay, there's still gas in this tank. You know, I hadn't honestly, seriously considered her for Legacy until that night. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's fun when they were like mentioning her, mm-hmm. but it's a short list. Like, who's been on New York? She yeah, has. No, it's a very, yeah, it's, it's too short a list, perhaps. But. Okay, wait. There is so much <laughs> that has happened since we recorded. Did we, had Legacy been announced? I don't even remember where we were in the world 67 episodes ago. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I'm not sure. What are your current feelings? Has there been an adjustment? How are you feeling about the New York split? Well, it's interesting, like, just, you know, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And I, I mean. And, and I keep up on, like, what's happening in the Bravoverse. And, like, I feel like it's the thing that, like, everyone has to have an a opinion strong on. opinion on right yeah. now. I'm of the mindset where, like, let's wait and see what we get. I'm, yeah. I think I share the sentiment among many that, like, I am a little skeptical if I'm being honest. But I am, like, fully prepared to be wowed because... I remember back when, like, Salt Lake City was first announced. And I was like, what is this going to be? Great point. And then, you know, well, I mean, we could argue maybe they flew too close to the sun. But, like, there was a time (laughs) uh, when Salt Lake City was must-see TV. And so I am definitely, like, open to loving it. I'm in the world of fashion. So, obviously, I've known Jenna Lyons for many, many years. I am very excited to see her on screen. Um, And then as far as legacy... I'm going to have an opinion I don't think you're going to love. I'm a little bummed to not have Ramona. Uh, I no longer care. Okay, great. Wait, you no longer care about Legacy or care about Ramona? Or- I no longer care about Ramona Offer On. That might be a 
complicated take, but this is a complicated pod. I truly don't care. Just give me good TV. Okay. Yeah. I just don't think she is necessary for good TV. I don't disagree, especially because, you know, we weren't getting good TV from Ramona by the end of her run on Roni. Um, but I do feel like it seems with what we're seeing of the current cast, um, you, you there's no one that's really going to, like, stir the pot. I mean, I'm hearing rumblings of Aviva, which I think would be good. But also we have to remember, like, when Aviva left the show, she had, like, become the character Aviva. Like, yeah. she's, so... I, I, I worry that she wouldn't bring the same Aviva that she brought with season five. Um, but yeah, I just think there's something critical that a Ramona can bring. But to your point, it's like, I think the person that brought out the best Ramona moments is Bethany. And obviously she's not a part of Legacy. So I, again, yeah, I'm not sure that there's like stones left unturned when it comes to Ramona, except Ramona V. Joe. But I think we're getting Ramona V. Jill with Jill V. Dorinda. I think they hate each other right now. Or rather, Jill is like flummoxed about why Dorinda hates her. Hmm. I don't know. I love them both as, as humans. And I don't love the idea of them fighting. I, but I will say, interestingly, whereas I didn't think that it was a fair fight when it came to Tinsley V. Dorinda. Agree. Um for all the obvious reasons that we as viewers saw, I do think Jill and Dorinda is a fair fight. It's a fair fight, but there is a problem here with Jill and Dorinda, Dorinda and Ramona, Dorinda and Tinsley, which is, spoiler alert, Dorinda. Well, this is making the case for we need Jules back on Legacy. (laughs) You know, bring in an ally. But okay, <laughs> and I love that. I love that journey for you. I've always felt if there's, I mean, if there's, I was gonna say if there's one housewife that deserved a second season, yes, it's her. But-, but also Carlton. But that's a separate conversation. Well, okay, but all right. But I'm just, nodding on both. But I feel like Jules of all of the one season housewives like delivered a lot. Agree, and she was a she was a trigger for Bethany in ways that were dramatic and personal, and also, regardless of the intricacy and the nuance, effective, mm-hmm. which was a thing. But with Dorinda, I mean, <laughs> Jules is Jules is great, and I I absolutely think she should have gotten a second season. But bringing her back a decade or whatever later, it does not a second season make. Like I don't know where she is in her life, but just pretending she is in this universe, she's not going to stand up for. She would get. Just, chewed and spit out by any of these people if she tried to stand up for Dorinda. Dorinda doesn't need an ally in anyone but herself and she's the most self-sabotaging of anybody who would come back on that cast because she's unwilling to understand and even admit to having some stuff wrapped up in anger. From what we've seen so far. So it's like And her behavior in real time. Girls trip. The panel at panels at BravoCon were the first panel <laughs> that like, I saw. I've got exhibit A, exhibit I mean, B. But no, seriously, right. the first panel I saw her at BravoCon, she was yelling at Jill at a non-girls trip panel, and it was incredibly uncomfortable. I still want more Dorinda on my screen. I'm I don't not, disagree. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I hear and I hear what the fans have said. Like, yes, it reached a place of toxicity. Um, you know, the pause was necessary. Um, it sounds like perhaps legacy is not the best like option for Dorinda. I, I don't, I maybe it's like Dorinda belongs on television. Maybe it's like the housewives format. That's the wrong place for her because 
I think Dorinda's so competitive. Like competitive reality. Like I think she's too competitive with oh. other cast members. Um, I just think that like the environment. I think that there's too much pressure yes. in the current in the current era of housewives to make drama. Like for instance, I was told about a certain housewife that's currently begun taking acting classes ahead of their next season. Oh no! Um, in an effort to what franchise? Don't uh, tell me about Beverly Hills. I'm gonna literally die. It's Beverly Hills. How we see each other? That's yeah. How I knew that. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's it's I understand the inclination from from my head. from that wife, okay. but like it tells you something about the current climate of housewives, which is that like there is the, and we saw it so much on Atlanta this past season, especially with Drew. Just the way Drew has like literally come on the show, Drew is hyper aware of like how to be a housewife, and it's not to say she's bad at it, right? I think like a lot of us have come around on Drew because although she is acting, she is acting well. But I think that this is a new era that we're in, and I feel like Dorinda, her, what we loved about Dorinda in season seven was just the ease with which she was her whole self. And I feel like it it sort of veered in the later years into much in the same way as Aviva, like a character, right? Like she started to play the role of the person that people perceive her understanding of what people perceived her as does that make sense yeah i think that there is she's bethaning a little bit mm-hmm. in that bethany can't complete us where there's like what biden said about who fucking even was it like there's an uh, about giuliani a noun a verb in 9 11 there is a way that bethany talks where it's a noun a verb and mentioned at all mm-hmm. which maybe it's because dorinda looks at bethany as a little bit of a role model of what could happen how a person can 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 succeed that she does gravitate toward explosive moments and maybe there's a part of it that's rooted in a belief which is not entirely wrong that this is what people want yeah but maybe that's also dorinda i don't get the sense from seeing dorinda in real time and i love dorinda i want dorinda to be back on legacy this isn't like a this isn't me saying she shouldn't be back it's to me a given it is a noun, a verb, and Dorinda Medley. Like, that makes sense to me. But there is an anger issue here. At at its core, in whatever symptom is wrapped up in that, which is mm-hmm. sort of not of our concern, except that we're watching this whole thing play out, I don't know how to get past that to get to a place that's not entirely wrapped up in extremely uncomfortable darkness. Right. I mean, I think there's a parallel here with Jen Shaw because I feel like there's an anger issue with Jen Shaw as well. I mean, I find, I think Salt Lake City is veering toward unwatchable quickly, um, but (gasps) not to, not not to fully pivot, but watching Jen's behavior. And I think this is, I think Jen is both an angry person and, you know, an actor on this show. Yeah. Um, She is really, you know, acting this season. And in real life. And in real life. Um, and I just think that we're seeing that play out in such a way where it's 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 it goes back to like that Jill darkness of season four where it's like it just mm. got to it's to a point now where it's like it's so toxic and there's no um gradient at all. So it's always at a ten. And it's like the whole thing that makes getting to a ten effective is that you start at a one. But I feel like Jen enters into her scenes just like at a nine, and then it like goes to a ten. Okay, the diff- this is going to make no sense to literally anyone but like the 40% of my brain that's currently effective or working. But where I think that Dorinda has an anger issue, I think that Jen Shaw has a Jen issue. I don't think for Jen the problem is anger. I think the thing with Jen is that Jen is to her core 
she doesn't exist. I don't know that she ever has. We don't know her from way back when. But at a certain point, maybe right before she decided to pursue criminal activity as a full-time job, she put on a front. And I think that the core there is maybe not great versus Dorinda, where I think that there are redeeming qualities. She's just enmeshed in this circumstance or this situation or this emotional strife. Maybe it's connected to Richard. Maybe it existed prior to Richard. Maybe there's other stuff going on. But like, I have hope for Dorinda as I think she has hope for herself. With Jen, I'm like, just put her in the back in the box and ship her back to the toy store. You know, like, did you hold on to your receipt? Lord knows she's lost hers. Like, what, what, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just think she's like always been bad. She's just a bad I don't know. It's like when you make a baker's dozen because one of those muffins might be fucked. Like, she's a bad blueberry muffin. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. And I, it's like I get it. Like, I get that she's charming and charismatic. She's a good character. But what else is there to Jen but character and manipulation? Yeah. I mean, and then, all, and then also working against Jen is just this very broken cast. So I think that, like... What a lot of us, a lot of us, like the listeners of this show will understand acutely, and I think a lot of other people that watch these shows more subconsciously, is that as much as we come for the fighting, it's those like sisterhood moments It's the resolution. Yeah, that really bond us. Or just like, you know, I think, for instance, thinking about uh, Bethany and Carol, it's like most people hear those two names now and they'll immediately go to season 11 and like the falling apart. But like, let's talk about season eight, season Mm. nine, like when that friendship was really growing and they were thick as thieves. Oh my God. Yeah, or just even like, you know, thinking about uh, Jacqueline and Teresa or, you know, Mm. again, you sort of go to like, not when I say you, I don't mean you. I just mean it's, it's easier to go to like where these things fall apart and forget that there were years when things, the train was on the tracks. Mm. And so I think with this Salt Lake City cast, it's just like we only got one season of like Meredith and um, and Lisa's real strong friendship. And then things started to fall apart in season two. They've fully fallen apart in season three to the point where like they just don't do scenes together anymore. <laughs> like they're just, there's no. Even inter- when they're in the same scene. Yeah, there's they're no not interactions. And right. we're already down for the count as far as cast number wise. So I just think it's a strange configuration in which no one seems to like actually like one another. Um, and then you have this Heather Whitney thing where it's like, we hate each other one minute, but the next minute we're fine. But then we, I'm pushing you out of my door, but then everything's all good. This is my cousin. I'm not, I, I, we, you know, I'm, it doesn't have to be pick a lane, but like in terms of linear storytelling, it just is very confusing to understand who feels what way when, <clears throat> which reminds me of like Survivor in the sense of like, Ooh. you never kind of know where yeah. the alliances lie. Yep. But that's a competition show, right? And so Isn't I, this? That's a great point. <laughs> that is a great point. Perhaps. Perhaps, or perhaps that's sort of how how the the franchises have changed on the whole. But I find the chaos of Salt Lake City difficult to feel any type of way about. Like it's, and I when I say unwatchable, I don't take delight in that. Like, but I find I find it really hard to track what is going on in any given moment and what the stakes are and and who like. And then when someone is mad at someone, like what 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 are they actually mad about? Like for instance, with this. Uh, the Heather Whitney thing, like, I, I don't need to be explained to, like, what... I, I understand what the fight is about, like, uh, on paper, mm. but, like, I don't understand. Like, and also, I don't understand the producers of Salt Lake City when they had the meeting at the beginning of the season and went over, you know, who what are we going to do this season? I don't understand, like, who okayed this. and was like, oh, that'll be compelling. Do you think that it was 
decided before the season began that there was because so much of the tension seemed to come out in the Whitney saying you're lying and Heather being like I'm not how much of that was a producer conversation I mean I can't I mean I don't know surely um I think there was to an extent I think you go into the season sort of being like you know it's like what we're seeing right now with Whitney and Lisa there was clearly a conversation of like we're gonna be tight this season like we have to we have to be there for each other because they have this friendship out of nowhere and, you know, all of a sudden they're like this unbreakable bond. That I, that but then I they understand. Sometimes but... we'll get like a little, it'll go off for a second, but then it will come back around. It's almost like they're like the B-list Candace Ashley because like with Candace Ashley, it's like there you get, but the difference is, and this is why Potomac works at the end of the day. Sorry, let me go here real quick. And then, I'm, but no, it's, I'm it's extremely, extreme. Something know happened is. in the latest Potomac episode that I thought was like, kind of showcased Potomac's power over all of the other franchises, which was those cutaways of them going out at night and having a great time. 100%. And obviously I know it quickly (laughs) unraveled once again and and devolved, but in those moments, I mean, watching Mia and Robin like talk at the club, like my heart soared. And I don't even, not me and Robin, excuse me, it was Robin and- uh, 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 Wendy. Wendy, yes. My heart soared. I was like, oh my God, I was so happy to see them. And even like these brief moments when Candace and Ashley are getting along, it's Mm. like so wonderful to see. And when Candace was on Watch What Happens Live recently, she said the fact that like when they are not on this show, she really likes Ashley. Yes. And like just hearing that, I think that is such a necessary ingredient. Yes. Because the fights matter more when they're rooted in hurt, right? Like the reason that they're all lashing out, not all of them, but the reason a lot of them are lashing out at one another is rooted in hurt, not anger. It manifests as anger. Like what we are getting is anger. Rage. Yeah. And sometimes rage, often rage. Um, but whereas with Salt Lake City, I don't have the feeling that these women could go out at night and just kick it. Well, what's the difference between having affection laced with anger versus hurt? Because I think you see the hurt on Salt Lake with Meredith and Lisa, but also Meredith has anger. Like, what's the difference in how they process that on Salt Lake versus Potomac? Like, what's the missing link that they no longer have affection? Is that the missing link that Meredith no longer has affection for Lisa? And that's what's fucking it. She won't put her guard down, regardless of if it's at a fucking sound bath or whatever the hell, or on the new app. Well, it's just, it's such a weird thing with Meredith and Lisa because it's like, I don't know. I have a lot of questions about the hot mic moment. Like, the legitimacy of it. Um, What do you mean legitimacy? I just don't really like understand, like, so Lisa likes Meredith. It's her friend. So why did she say those things? Like, we've never really gotten her, because she, she now says she didn't mean the thing she said. And that she was just, but like, when I'm overcome with any emotion, I don't like all of a sudden, like, lash out at the people I love and say derogatory and untrue things about them, especially, and mind you, I'm not on reality TV. Like, it was very strange behavior that we have not yet Like, she's apologized and said she didn't mean it, but then where did that come from? Well, I mean, there is, I do strongly, firmly believe that uh, when you're, you know, drinking and having a little tipsy girl, it doesn't necessarily make you a piece of shit. It just reveals true feelings. And maybe Lisa was drunk on reality TV. Like, maybe the thing, she wasn't having too many drinks. She was just having too much time on this thing and was fed up. So she might not be willing to acknowledge that she feels this way and maybe she knows that she does and it's just not the right strategy moving forward it's easy for her to 
wash her hands of this because obviously if she felt this way she's been washing her hands for a long time right she's you been know? doing a little covid wash like she's been using <laughs> that you mean we all saw that video of Portia showing us how to wash our hands effectively i think lisa's been doing that for several years you know it's giving me alexis bellino's last season on oc where she was sort of like needed a life raft and then like vicky came in and was like oh. i'll be your friend we can connect over religion i feel that way with lisa right now to an extent where it's like Okay, so she's now cut ties with Meredith. Her and Jen's relationship is just like it's all over the place. Her and Whitney don't actually like one another, despite the fact that they're like getting along. Her and Heather don't really like one another. It's just like I don't really understand Lisa Barlow's place in this group. I sort of disagree with the idea that she and Whitney don't like each other. I think that they might, and it's possible to bond over dislike of Heather or frustration about Meredith. I could get on board with that. <laughs> Like, I don't I don't believe I know that Heather has put out this idea as Meredith has. And I don't begrudge them for this, that the only reason that Lisa and Whitney are with each other is because no one else is available or because it feels performative or strategic. But my immediate gut reaction to that is like, but you guys are fighting over each other to be a better friend to Jen. So like, what does this even mean? If like, if that fight for Jen's friendship and affection isn't performative, that to me just makes me feel judgmental about who you are. Right. So like, what's the difference here? The fact that theirs might be manufactured and yours isn't like, what does that say about you? If you fighting to be good friends with Jen isn't manufactured. Right. I also think that there's like this looming cloud of, it's not what I think it is. There's a looming cloud over Jen that we all know about with the arrest and everything. But there's a weird way, like we, myself included, are like meant to digest Jen, like, because like Jen not only is guilty of a crime, but it's not the same kind of crime that like, say, if we're to make a comparison, it's like Teresa, right? Right. Like what Teresa did didn't affect anybody else. It was... You know, if anything, some, just her lack of awareness and lack of intellect that caused this. But, like, she did not inflict pain on anyone. She did not ruin anyone's lives, ETC, ETC. And, like, Jen did this stuff. And then here you have this cast, all of whom, like, the crux of it all is everyone just wants to love on Queen Jen. It's basically, like, Jen. Or hurt Jen. Or hurt Jen. But, like, it's all centered around Jen, right? And it's just so odd that it's, like, this cast is very comfortable, like, and obviously, mind you, this was filmed when she had not yet been found guilty. And so we don't know like what the fallout will be if and when that becomes a part of a plot point on, on the show, perhaps the reunion. But it's like there's just a little uh, a discomfort of like watching her on screen right now and then seeing people online. And I'm not saying I'm not guilty of this, but like we just sort of treat her like she's just like... Like not, I don't think there's like a yes queen energy around like from the fandom around Jen, but there is like a, we treat her just like any other housewife in terms of the memes and whatnot. And it's a little like sinister when it comes down to it, but then it's sort of like, well, is morality ever really at the center of any of these shows? Like, as you said, here I am like, you know, vying for Ramona, like an outspoken Trumper to come back on television and, and make money. So like, I, I, I'm a hypocrite perhaps. Um, but I do feel like a little level of discomfort when it comes to Jen, where it's just like this to me, it's like there's a delineation between Jen and any other like criminal housewife we've had. Like Michaela Salahi, Mikhail, how do you say Mikhail. her name? Yeah, whatever. Like not hurting anyone. Well, the thing with Jen is how long are we going to pretend that she's a victim of her own 
illegal behavior. That's the problem, I think. Like, how do we create this universe of housewives when Jen, who is seen as the focal point, regardless of how effective and successful she is at being a housewife, like, how does that work Mm -hmm. when Jen's criminal activity has essentially ensured that this universe can't exist. Like we're supposed to have like this outside of ourselves pretending we're in this bubble and we are in this bubble where certain things we'll talk about, certain things we won't. And sometimes we intentionally try to pop it to get to somewhere else. But because we know what she's been up to and because we know she changed her plea before this season began in which she's crying about how innocent she is and if anybody dares fuck with her or not be a silent enough friend you're not like supporting her in this terrible time where she's being held accountable for a decade-long grift like how does that work how that I think maybe that's the issue but I say this acknowledging that like until this week I was honestly perfectly fine with what I was seeing I was like I don't know not necessarily charmed but like enjoying the episodes I was I didn't feel like this season is like throw it in the river and call it a day I just Mm. thought this week for some reason I was like this is stupid I don't care how I don't care about the Angie's I think Angie H is a piece of shit I think it's interesting that Heather's having a bad edit and a bad season because maybe that's we've all been leading up to this moment you know like there's a second season curse we just gave her an extra season pass so like I don't know I'm not I don't I don't I don't hate it I just thought this season I know with as much conflict that happened at the dinner and on the boat I was like oh I don't really care about this not only do I not care but you know in this in the latest dinner in this last episode I just was like first of all they you have to stay in the room like these Salt Lake City women in particular love to get up and leave like and it's like you just have to like plant yourself down and stay (laughs) okay um and there's just so much like walking out um dana is not television ready it's very very clear there's like a nervous energy about her angie harrington don't care no comment and then angie k it's interesting i saw the chatter online being like snowflake yeah, like I everyone was like it. really I don't get like it, ready. And I don't like, get it. So basically it's like to earn a snow, snowflake, you just have to stand your ground. Like that's the like, all she did was like, she w- someone poured a drink on her and she was upset about it and she stated that <laughs> to the like, person. Yes, queen. I just was like, <laughs> yeah. we need like a better performance here. Yeah, what does it say about everybody else's progress report? But also just like watching that scene of like Jen with the drink and like, it just was so like... I know, obviously, it's. I know it was performative. Like that's that's implied in in the act itself. But like, there was something about it that's like Jen wants to make television so bad. The throwing the shoes in the water, the spilling the was that charcuterie? It was like, like a cheese plate. No, it was it was crudite, but was she called crudite. it charcuterie. Mm. That was my number one problem. I just fucked it up too. Well, because we're used to saying charcuterie, but it was crudite. It was fucking because you veggies. need you need um meat right in order. Yeah. To, okay. And she well, so you don't, she had a dip. I just wouldn't do anything like that on an op- like on, under the sun on a boat. I don't like crudite because I strongly, and not just because I, I don't consume dairy, I don't like a dipping because I, I personally am yeah. probably a spiritual double dipper and I don't want to be near germs. But also like keep the food inside. There's the inside area, but then they have and that also whole your DJ shoes. setup. My God, that's the DJ, DJ setup. What was the DJ? It's like put for on, music we can't hear. But also like, 
put on some music on the stereo. It's like the amount of chords that were on that turntable. So weird. I was like, dear God. Was Inside, her name Lisa? I don't, did I we, was like were DJ we? Lisa. It, was like, it, it, it said it on, <laughs> I think so, on the turntable. I was like. Well, her name is DJ. Okay, that's kind of iconic. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it all tracks. Um, No, but like that, all of all of that mess with just like everything being so over the top. I just was like, scale it back. But it's funny because it's like, you think about the behavior of like her and you compare it to like Erica and it's like, there are these similarities between the two of them where it's like, don't, you know, you have one goal right now you would think with being on this show, which is like, like earn back public goodwill, right? Like the law, like legally things are not on your side at the moment, but what do, what can you control? You can control the way that you come off to millions of people Blah, blah, blah. And it's just odd to me that both of them choose this like really aggressive, aggravated, angry approach versus, and you know, in the case of Erica, she at least has her cast members telling her, hey, like maybe like take some accountability, blah, blah, blah. But like with Jen, it's like no one ever is like, hey, Jen, you should, like, for instance, not a single moment of, hey, Jen, you shouldn't have thrown those shoes in there. You look at Meredith and Heather in that moment and they're like, there's like this inability for anyone to treat Jen <sighs> like a human being. Because maybe she's not. Again, the the core of her is not good. They know like, that she's not worth accountability because she's going to flip it. She's an inherently manipulative person. There is no good here. If we are putting good on her, maybe that's like great for us for our own self-care. I don't know that she I have to go off of her behavior. I'm not even talking the criminal stuff. She does she is not interested in growth. She's not interested in accountability which I understand people listening to that being like, that's an LOL, like how many housewives are. But I do think there is an air of that, even if it's performative, even if it's to keep your role or to keep things okay, she's not interested in it. So do you force that upon her and make this person an enemy when you know, keep your friends close, keep your shahs closer? Like, how does that work itself out? If you know that she's, but then it's like, and again, me arguing with myself, but like, but then- if you do that, knowing she's not open to it, what happens next? You turn her into an enemy, but she always she already was. Right. She's an enemy to everybody but herself. There's this um, <clears throat> Giselle and Robin esque quality to Meredith and Heather in those moments. Yeah. Where it's no. just like, yeah, it's very very cringy. But I think the difference is, I, well, there's there's many differences, but I just feel like in the case of Heather and Meredith, it's like. What you at least with with Giselle and Robin, it's rooted in the fact that the reason why they're aligning with Mia is not because they're aligning with Mia, but really because it's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? Kind of situation with Heather and Meredith. It's like I under like it's just it's so such blind loyalty. At least Heather cops to the fact. Like the one thing I will give Heather credit for, and by the way, I mean I think Heather her fall from grace. It is. It's just. It's really this week was tough. It's you say this week. I feel like it's been. A minute. It's, it's been tough. But um, but just that loyalty, but at least she admits the fact that like she says, like there's nothing, I mean, clearly we've seen Jen's done everything under the sun and, and she's clearly fine with it. But with Meredith, it's like we didn't get any like you again, this is storytelling is important. Story editing is a big factor on shows like this. It doesn't make sense how we went from last season on that sheet of ice. You know, Meredith's like, I can't even be present at an event that Jen Shaw is in attendance when at. When we loved her for saying that. Yeah. And then here we are this season, and it's like, not, it's just nothing. Also, can we talk for a minute? Like, 
Meredith, not getting a lot of plot. We're not getting a lot from Meredith. Is there a lot there to get? Isn't there her best quality, her reaction or lack thereof, her disengaging? Isn't that why she was like, yes, queen, disengage, which I was one of those. Huh. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Meredith. I mean, I did say on an AG like several AGs ago. I don't remember who the guest was. I don't remember who I was. But I was like, there's somebody on Salt Lake that I have some thoughts on, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. We're just going to watch this season play out. And I'm pretty sure I was thinking about Meredith at that point. Mm-hmm. I actually know I was thinking about Meredith at that point. Although I also think I had some thoughts about Heather like way back in my head. But I think um, I think she's too smart to be this dumb. I think, with Or Meredith- maybe she's dumb. I don't think she's dumb. I think she's very smart. I think she's very, I think she's, I mean, she, listen, I think she's smart. I think she's very smart. I think, which makes it worse. T. I think with Meredith, it's challenging um, her in her one-on-one scenes because Meredith. With who? Brooks? No. With any of the other women. A bad diamond? A bad modern diamond? Like Meredith one-on-one is just not a compelling scene partner. But I actually think, again, yes, like, yes, queen, give us nothing. There is something to be said when she disengages where I'm like, oh, my God, the power. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, that scene with Jen in season one, uh, really, really, very, very great. Um, I just, I don't know. With Salt Lake City, I guess what I'm curious about, obviously, there's a lot of questions around where things will stand with this reunion, both because of everything that's transpired with Jen in the interim, and then also confusion around the Heather Whitney relationship because of Legacy, excuse me, not Legacy, because of All Stars 3. Is it three? Yeah. Because of All Stars 3, it's sort of like, where do things stand, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So that'll be interesting. But from there, I think there's a big question of how they move forward with season four structurally. Because it's like, something to me is not working. Um, and how much of that can you blame on Jen? That's a good question. Because you look at like what happened with Dallas, which was like, they got rid of... Because there's a lot of similarities between... What's her name? The Dallas Leanne. Leanne. Between Leanne and Jen, right? And so and and the other thing you could think is like, okay, well, what did Dallas do when they had that situation? They ejected Leanne, but like, look what that did to Dallas. So my question is like Oof. is a is a Salt Lake City without Jen, especially when so much of the drama swirls all around her, I'm wondering, you know, I don't think Angie K, Angie H, and Dana are the solution to the problem here. And then and if they're not the solution, that's with Jen in the mix. So it's like take Jen out of the mix. Uh, something they've got to figure something out ciao ags i am speaking to you right now from rome italy where i am having a little bit of a european adventure while i love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites the vatican we went to the pantheon earlier today there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in and while i really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been 
an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Well, I don't know how long this is going to be effective or last, but I do have to say, and I've said it, you've heard it, everyone's exhausted of hearing it, but if you were in the room for that fucking Salt Lake City panel, where's the four of them? It was a reunion. It was hot. It was unbelievable. We felt like we couldn't breathe. It was unbelievable. And Jen only came up once with a question that um, was immediately kind of like spun off because Mm. obviously there was some sort of you know, messaging from on high that like Jen's name is not to be spoken. 
which does raise a lot of questions about how to speak her name at the reunion and if she's going to be there to have her own. Um, But they did not need her. And it was incredibly wild. But like, how long can that energy remain? Is that energy enough to withstand 15, 16, 18 episodes? Right. And also just like thinking about the plots this season, you know, like Whitney's plot is like, I all of a sudden decided to think about my past and I wanted to bring it up on this show. They're just like, I'm giving you eyes like her all of Whitney stuff with like, yeah, but like, I I think she was processing. I get what you're saying, but I also think she was processing it in real time. Yes. But then like my question with stuff like that is like, and I guess, okay. So the counterpoint would be like, well, it's reality TV. She's being real. But I would imagine if I was having that similar um, situation, which like, you know, people have it all the time. I'm just not sure it's something to bring to television, but then I get it. She's on reality TV. I just feel like it's so personal and involves family, but then who, who am I to all of a sudden say like... Isn't that the thing that everyone's always asked to do is to bring up things that are really... Well, not maybe necessarily that quote-unquote real and how intense it is, but like kudos to her for hmm. sharing it. Although... Not, not. I mean, I don't disagree with you. There's just something that I can understand the the less sympathetic part of my brain says to me, it's sort of like, what, what is this like in terms of the plot for the show? Should she be concerned with that? Should she be concerned? Isn't that the problem when they're too concerned about that? Well, but then you have these like housewives that overproduce in a good way. And like the the result is something. Is Whitney going to be that overproducer in a good way? Do we think she has (laughs) capacity for that? You're like pretending that she's like, God forbid, you know, a Heather. She's not. I guess. Is it is it horribly cynical of me to wonder the authenticity of Whitney's revelation? OK, if we're going to get into this, because I was like, I. But is that is that like is that are people going to hear this and say, like, who are you to question someone's? Here's the way that we adjust that, which is to say that when I watched that scene where she was talking about stuff and I saw Heather's face, I saw something that I, until that point, I don't think anybody was talking about. But then people started talking about it. Lisa Barlow did on Jeff Lewis's show, which was the idea that like Heather's reaction to it. A lot of people were like, wow, yeah, yeah like Heather's like really and I don't I'm not agreeing with Heather or that criticism of Heather but like the idea of like Heather was shocked because she was shocked but also because she was like did this happen and the way that there has been in my head like a little bit of a convo that I've seen other people have since of like I don't think Heather's reaction was entirely just shock about information I think that there was a little bit of a questioning which is not in any way me criticizing Heather for that and it's I'm I I mean like I'm I'm just as a gut instinct believe Whitney but like I do think that there is a way to like have that conversation that no one will ever have I wonder if anyone would question Heather about her reaction at the reunion and that's me again genuinely not dragging Heather or putting in like a negative thing of like how dare you whatever if that's how she felt I just think that there is some like nuance there that's really complicated Mm -hmm. that if we make at at its most simplified potentially a conversation yes no this all makes sense I just know that if I was on the Real Housewives and I didn't have a plan for myself for the season 
I could dig into my past and pull out some really dark stuff if I was like, if I needed to and like, and it would be real. Why do you feel like Whitney would need to do that though? What in what her husband was fired for like fucking lathering himself with some oil. She's got her fun makeup company. Like if we're talking about Meredith giving nothing, like why would we assume that Whitney needs to give more? Hmm. Because if she does, I mean, Fudge College, as much as I think like Lisa Barlow is an icon, that's not a storyline. Your yes. kid like having a lot of money now. And I, who has a, a genuine storyline aside from the thing we're not going to talk about when it comes to Jen? Right. No, I mean, you make a good point. I don't know. Meredith is fucking her husband again. <laughs> I wish she wasn't. But like, that's great. That man. His Instagram, which I don't follow it, but when people post it, it's honestly iconic. The quote of the day. I love mean, it. It's it's giving Gorga. It's giving. Made for each other. Uh, him and it's Mary, given. No, you make a good point. I see what you're saying. I think there's something about the Whitney plot of it all that left that left a weird feeling in me, but that maybe that has to do more with me and less with Whitney. Well, I and think it's, it's not. Also- and I want to say though, I'm not questioning the authenticity of her emotions. I, but I think that like we have autonomy uh, mm, to an extent. Ooh. So I was gonna say we have autonomy when it comes to like digging these things up. And sometimes I should say, sometimes these things bubble up without our, without our permission. Sometimes there's a thing that happens that's a trigger that makes it bubble up. And sometimes we go in search of them. I just saw the movie After Sun. Have you seen After Sun? No, but I will. Blah, blah, blah. And After Sun has me searching through my past and unlocking some stuff at the moment because it was like, it instigated something in me to go back and dig. Okay. And so with, in the case of Whitney, it's like, it sounds like something happened that, that was a trigger for her that made her kind of want to turn and face directly this thing that she had long avoided. And like, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's like, that is very, an interesting thing to explore. And especially on a show like Housewives. So maybe I take back what I said. Well, I also think for Whitney, like, if you want to think of the, why is she talking about this on camera? Maybe if I'm really going to think about this, maybe the Housewives of it all has given her an opportunity to talk about these things. Like in the way that we talk about women sometimes leaving their marriages because of Housewives, it's not just because Housewives breaks a marriage, it's because Housewives can provide an opportunity for a woman to become fully independent yeah. if that is her choice. And maybe for Whitney, a part of this is like, wow, there is stuff from my life that I haven't explored or that I haven't even had the conscious thought to exploring in for whatever situation provided the opportunity for her to get into some really intense, dark, real deep shit. Maybe it's the the question of like, what do you have going on in her life? And, and she's thinking like, there is this huge piece missing or I think it was like a sibling had reached out to her or something. I forget the details around how this whole thing got kickstarted at this point now, but maybe it's like the having the conversation and doing the work and exploring that on camera. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know for, for Whitney, I don't know that it, it I don't know that she has, the capacity to be as strategic as like Heather is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like what's the difference between Whitney talking about these really intense, this really intense exploration and like Heather writing a book. Right. Well then what is your reaction? Cause what I see online is that 
if they're if the most hated housewife in SLC right right now, and the Titan might be changing, but from what I saw is is Whitney. Like if you go on Twitter, people do really. Not, this is yeah. why I'm so glad I'm not on Twitter. But I think it's good to be on Twitter sometimes. I no, mean, like, it's not. There's good and bad. I don't need more access <laughs> to me. Sorry. Uh, but no, people do not like Whitney. Um, the most common dragging of her is her voice and sort of the way she oh, pronounces that's so things. Fucking dumb. Well, that's Twitter for you. But that's not my what I'm bringing it up for. But I'm saying it's like the temperature is like people do not like Whitney, and I wonder what that comes from because for, to what we're talking about it's like here you have jen this like disney villain and yet people oh we're so what uh, i do think whitney's the smartest of the salt lake city crew hold on thinking about that taking a second wheels are turning i guess what i'm saying though is like i feel like in <clears throat> and perhaps what i'm wanting is more like plot development, which is something that, again, it's reality TV. I'm asking too much here. But I think for me with the Whitney thing, it's one of those things where it's like, I wish the story was like better explored or like better connected to Whitney's plot on the show. But because she doesn't seem to have any like real deep friendships apart from Heather. Mm, Who's she going to explore it with? Yeah. And so I think that for me is where it's like, again, I'm not questioning the authenticity of it. or, or And I think my initial questioning of her bringing it to the show through this conversation, I'm kind of like, okay, I can understand why it would be brought up on the show. I just don't think it was like fully resolved. To make another survivor comparison, it's like sometimes you have someone like pull out some strategy and they implement it and it's like this big blind side and like the audience loves it. But then I'm kind of like, okay, but like, but why, why? like we, we needed like what got you there. And like, I just think there's something missing with the storytelling here, which is perhaps they just don't have it, but like better connecting this moment for Whitney and and how she's going to move forward. And perhaps that's the reunion that does this mm. that really allows us to like dive in. But I just feel like I want to better explore w- these revelations that Whitney had, how they're changing her course moving forward, where she wants to go from here, what work she's doing. Have we gotten therapist scenes with Whitney or it's just been family? I think she did the thing with the noise or whatever, the mm, electronic the thing. thing. Oh. No, like the electronic thing that Dorit did too. Cause I was like, oh, that's interesting that both mm. of these people are using this exact same form of therapy. The like, yeah, the sound, but not the sound bath, like the thing with mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. This is helpful. Some kind of whatever thing with the stuff. E, I was going to call it E, E, there's an E there. <laughs> I'm just craving some wow. some deeper exploration. <clears throat> and, and speaking of themes, the bubble thing on SLC next week when they're doing the thing where you that they did on Potomac last season, where they get inside those giant bubbles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and then also this week on, on Potomac, they were driving the cars, and it's just like, it's funny thinking about those like, housewives staples at this point right and it's like driving the fast car and screaming with your hands out playing the weird game yeah and it's just like and now it's like getting in that bubble thing now potomac began it several seasons ago and now it's like carrying over to slc and i don't see the beverly hills women getting in that but i'd like to see it yeah they never would they wouldn't which i mean listen you haven't been here in a while I know that this comes up in conversation, or it used to, and, and God forbid they're on pause, so it's died down a little bit, but I'm raising it again. I would love your thoughts on Lisa Rinna. Because <laughs> I did see, I mean, she did block me when I said racism is bad. Um, but I thought it was interesting when someone like screenshot, and because they were talking about Andy Cohen, like put something approvingly on one of her posts and then deleted it, understandably so, that you had like left a positive thing on Rena's, which I think is great. Like I love that journey for you, but I'm so curious for the affection that you still feel for her, which is great. <laughs> I love that affection. I lo- And I know that it's like, there's other aspects of that there that we all do, but like, yeah. 
I love Lisa Rinna. Yeah? <laughs> I do love Lisa Rinna. The Renna. archetype of her? So I'll say this. And like, I'm not trying to be one of those people that's like, I know the real deal. But like the Lisa Rinna that, no. I, that I know yeah, the, is very different from the Lisa Rinna that's presented that's both on the problem. show and on social then media. Then that just shows that she's a bad fucking housewife. Perhaps. If I'm she not can't communicate that. that. Well, but but like loving Lisa Rinna, I get the loving her as a person that actually is very clarifying to me because I don't understand enjoying her as I don't think she's being I don't think her recent journey on Housewives has been entirely successful. And I'm just curious if you thought it was. But if you don't and you just like her because she's great in real time, like in real life, that I completely understand and can absolutely respect as I could respect you liking her as a housewife. I'm just curious about it. Do I like her as a housewife? Um, I go back and forth with her. I definitely would bring her back without question. And I thought her performance with Erica in the finale was top tier. I really liked 100%. that. 100%. That, that was phenomenal. Balenciaga tag teaming moment. Um, um, Balenciaga tag teaming moment. Yeah. Trigger warning. <laughs> I was going to say, she she knows how to embroil herself in controversy. Wow. Um, do I think... um. You know, I have to be honest with you. That's the kind of thing I would be interested in hearing a hundred other people talk about. I don't have a strong opinion about it. I think I'm a little too... Um, I'm giving eyes. I know you are. No, I... Do I think... It also was a while ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Every day in Housewives is a year. I just haven't had you on in a minute. And I was like, no to self, ask Evan about Rinna. Because I I don't understand. One tricky thing for me with Rinna is that I do feel like she doesn't fully embrace it's like she's sort of on the wrong side of history when it comes to embracing Garcelle and Sutton and I feel like even though her and Garcelle and Sutton are like fine this season there's still that sort of like at any moment it can go dark and as it did with her and Sutton in that one when they sort of got back into it uh during that lunch when I think Lisa was like really giving you you know as the world turns um but uh I I Think that there's I, I don't want to say Lisa Rinna is lightning in a bottle, but I think that Lisa Rinna adds something quite valuable to the show. I think not for nothing. There's been a lot of iconic housewives moments are at the behest of Lisa Rinna. But I also understand why people like you and like many don't like her. But I also think people that people like you. People like you. That might be the episode title. But also, like, <laughs> what's interesting? Okay, you hear me out on this. I truly, I, I'm, I'm my, not saying I'm right. But also, I just my say arg- I hate her. But also, my argument Join would never me be in like hating her, Evan. But I would never try to convince you not to hate her. Whereas, like, with some people, I think you should. I don't have it in me because I don't. It's like you're completely validated in everything that you feel about not liking her. Ugh, so, but my that's a f- unfortunate. My feeling with Lisa, and I, and I really do believe this. I know some people like won't like this, but I feel like Lisa accepts her villain role in a way that I really think is great for the L-O-L. show because because you have your Ramona's or Vicky's <sighs> is a, sort of an outlier in some sense, but you have like someone like yeah, Ramona who tough. like doesn't own the fact that everyone hates her. In fact, she does, doesn't get it. And I feel like Rinna sort of has that WWE quality to her where it's like she's willing to come out and she's raising her arms and saying, boo me, boo me. And I know people don't like that, but I think a lot of people do like the, do enjoy hating her. I don't believe that she believes that. You don't believe that she believes that. I don't that. believe that she believes that she's enjoying this. I think she's super sensitive. To- oh, I would I like to hear. Ah, uh, 
Mm, and I'm not saying I know that more might than be you an do. offline conversation. I don't believe in any way that she really, truly believes being the villain. I think she is much more fragile and delicate and maybe a little bit paranoid. Maybe not because she's like attaching it to professional opportunities uh-huh. as she fucking should. But I don't think she she likes being the villain. I think that's a role she knows. It's the only role she has left to play. Huh. She can't play. She's there's no way she's going to be America's sweetheart. She's too deep in this. But do I think she likes being dis? For a person to enjoy being disliked and to deal with the discomfort of that would be very difficult. That is a very, very small group of people that I would put in who can genuinely withstand it. Bethany can't deal with it. No one can. I mean, if that most recent Watch What Happens Live taught us anything, it is that Bethany is one of the most delicate and, and like neurotic to the point of paranoia who cannot take basic accountability. So she shifts it onto somebody else. She is the victim of her own poor behavior. And with Rinna, it's like she's pretending she's the victor here, but I don't think she really likes it and, and wants to put up with it. I just don't think she has another avenue because she's so in one lane. There's like no other direction for her to go in. So she digs in deep. That's why she focuses on like, I'm going to tell you the real truth about Kathy Hilton and I'm going to lie about what I said about the reunion because she doesn't have another lane. Hmm. I don't think she, I think this is the role that maybe she was destined to play. Maybe she's a delight in real life and I love that for her. I, you know, would like to see her, her dirty deleting more on social media. But again, I can't because she's blocked me and like 87% of content creators. Why? Not because she likes being the villain because she would maybe enjoy seeing some of those posts or know people talk about her. She doesn't want to see it. So she pretends it doesn't exist. You cannot tell me that she likes this. I don't think she does. I think that's a part of the performance. And I don't, I'm genuinely not judging her for it. But I do think that like, so I don't follow all of her, like I, uh, all of the stuff on social media with her. Like I don't read, I don't watch her stories anymore. Like I'm not fully up on that. I'm not trying to, like I honestly am not. And I, I know she's a Well, bi- I'm not because I can't access it. And I know she's a big. um Dick? No, what's oh. the word? Like instigator on, on social media. But mm. I, I think that there's, it's hard when it comes to Lisa and this is probably by her own doing. Um, But like to delineate the least on the show from like the how the lease on the show finds its way onto social media mm-hmm. um but it's like i saw that clip from the people's choice awards when she was interviewed on the red carpet and i don't know i what I, did she I, say on the red carpet they asked her about who from her cast would she most want to get, get rid to of or, oh. oh was it get to know no i don't know i don't know it was something and she couldn't she like was very like uh, unwilling to answer the question but i just think that there's like a mystery. I don't know. I'm intrigued There's by a mis- w- The <laughs> Okay. <laughs> wow. I am like a ship out to sea. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just no, think, it's that's, okay. I I think it. that's really, I think that's really, I, okay. I would be so into seeing that journey, but, but she's like, unwilling to show but this it. Is the thing. She's a shell at this point. What is there that is even there? Like, what is there if, that is even there? But I would be excited to see wh- where we would go. She's not going to show that. No, but she wants us to believe that she wants that she's cool with this, that she gets it. She's in on the joke. I think Lisa Rinna is like actually in on the joke less than other, much less than other housewives who are playing that same game. Mm, I don't agree. Giselle, I think, is in on the joke. I think Giselle is sensitive, as you know, Gibson and I talked about on a recent. I think Giselle's Giselle's much more. I don't think Robin's in on the joke. I think Giselle's in on the joke. Giselle's in on the joke to an extent, but also Giselle 
did not anticipate like when Giselle brought the messiness this season with bringing up the Chris accusations and everything. I do not think she was yeah. aware of where it was going to go with the fandom. A hundred percent agree. And I also think that there are instances in this past season of Beverly Hills where it's like, I think Rinna on this season thought that she was on the right side of history throughout the film. Agree. She thought that she'd caught Kathy in this Agree. thing and that, and that the more she played it up, it was going to work in her favor. Agree. It absolutely did not. Agree. Um, and so listen, I, I'm not, I have, I would never do an indefensive Lisa Rinna. That's like not how I feel about it. All I feel is that I like her as a human being and I enjoy her on the show. I, and I think she's delivered iconic moments on the show, which I would stand by that. Um, whether or not she continues on with the show, I'm, I'm... You don't have a hard take. I don't have a hard take. Okay. You do. <laughs> I actually don't even at this point anymore. But I like it. I just think that, like, it's a joke that we're pretending that she's been held accountable and is interested in, like, going on that journey. And if she's not, that, like, she embraces being a comic book villain. I just don't think she has a choice at this point. But can you tell me this? Like, your disdain for her, how much is that... If the social media were taken out of it... It is the entirety of who she is at this point. She is a human dirty delete. She posts things to get attention, pretends she doesn't, and then also pretends she's doing this on a moral crusade, which if you really were, you would be less of an asshole to people. If you were so concerned about Kathy Hilton being a dick, you would be less of one. Mm -hmm. But she can't help herself because she is like all, I don't even remember the difference between ego and it, but she's like one of them. But so say she's an asshole. It's like, yes, queen, that's what she wants. But no, but okay. embrace it. I'm an asshole. Yes, queen. I tell the truth. And the truth is that I'm going to post this thing and then I'm not going to post it. And then I'm going to say I'm leaving Housewives and then I'm not. And then I'm going to laugh at you and be friends with with Erica Jane, whose husband is terrible, who I'm never going to mention. But I care about morality when it comes to Kathy Hilton. I mean, but Erica Jane is a queen. Go off, princess. I love you. You're the one defending Sutton. You suck as a person because you're talking about the law. But Let's the, talk about her look. But at the end of the day, it's like because the audience is on Team Garcelle and Team Sutton, it's like not all of them. A lot of them are not. A lot of them are not. Yeah, I think that we're we as a as a people, as a community of people who talk. Um, I don't think that we're getting I think it's because so much of us feel similarly that we think everyone does I don't think everybody does I think social media is the like thing that like fucks everything up because there's a huge viewership that loves the Fox Force genuinely well no I understand that but I've never seen any like what argument would you make against Garcelle like you haven't I get the argument I don't know but people do well no but I'm just just saying I haven't seen anything to that like it's like I understand I like I'm I love Sutton but there's an easy argument about like all the fuck ups that Sutton has made Uh it's like Garcelle's not had a fuck up She's never been on the wrong side of an argument. I don't think it's about disliking Garcelle. I think it's about stanning Erica Jane. Oh, yeah. For example. Oh, no. I mean, not for nothing. It's like I remember in the thick of the trial, it's like Erica would post, uh, you know, one of her air quotes fashion pics and it would, you know, 80K likes easily. And it's like, and yeah, in my mind, I'm sort of like, wow, I, that was surprising to me. Rena is so into this, the seeking truth, right? Getting to the heart of the matter. Kathy, Kathy Hilton sucks that she talks about all of these things that happened in Aspen, except she actually quite literally doesn't, brings a folder of receipts that she says there's a conspiracy behind why they weren't revealed. Then Andy goes on the record and says she never fucking opened the folder. And she tells Erica Jane to get the fuck off camera because she's going to say too much. But Lisa Rinna is a searcher for truth, aside from her behavior. But like, so all I'm hearing, like when you point this out, it's like, okay, obviously like blatant hypocrisy. And it's like, 
my reaction to I know you're not going to like it. It's like, so I, what? I like hypocrisy in my housewives. It's sort of like you're bringing up all of this behavior, like this indefensible behavior. And I'm sort of like, but that's the recipe for a great housewife often. Right. But the argument for Lisa Rinna is that she's on the search for truth. That's the argument right, that she would the, like us to have. But isn't and it's that like, funny that it's like you've identified the fact that she's on this crusade for truth and there's all this hypocrisy in the crusade? She doesn't want to have the conversation because she's blocked so many people from having it. That's social media, though. But that is who she's... To me, she has become only social media, which is the problem to me with Lisa Rinna, is that she's no longer making it fun. We could have this conversation on camera, but we can't because she's distracting us with all this other shit because she doesn't want us to talk about her So maybe this needs to be Crystal's mission going into the next season. LOL. Um, But honestly, I feel like you need to have Lisa, <laughs> Lisa Rinna on this I, pod. I'm serious. I... When I tell you, I would love to have Lisa Rinna on the pod. And you know from being on the pod that, like, we're friends. We can, like, have conversation. Oh, yeah. It's because I respect you so much. And, like, I am looking for... But I also love how confrontational you are right now. Like, I really... I, I, I don't... Mean, I'm not trying to be confrontational. No, no, no. It's no... Com- it's not... It's confrontational in a good way. Oh, my God. Am I the Jeff Lewis to your Bethany right wait, now? Wait, stop. It's not Which like... I don't mean is this on a disrespect. No. I'm not... I wait. don't think I'm being confrontational. I think I'm having fun. Am I Jeff wait, Lewis? Wait, no. I'm having fun. Confrontational is not a bad thing. Confrontational is like you're strong-willed and you're, you are sure in your opinions. And I love it. Wait, you're giving me a shot. I don't mean it in a bad way. <laughs> I am taking it as a bad thing. Wait, are we fighting? <laughs> no. I love it. I appreciate your ferocity with regard to how you many feel times about at it. parties. What? I, I appreciate your ferocity and I like the fact that you're kind of like, and I mean this in a good way again, where it's like, it's like you're what? being a cunt. And no, I but mean you're like, you're like, your opinion is wrong, but I like it. I don't think it's, I don't think your opinion is wrong. I'm just saying here's other points. But my opinion might be wrong. <laughs> like I mean, I'm it down might, for it. Is it what I'm might be, but that's not, uh, is it a conversation or a confrontation or conversation? It's both. Which Lisa Rinna is unwilling to have. Do I think that there's potential for her to come on Andy's Girls? Like, probably not. Because she has blocked people from being like, LOL, I maybe disagree with you or I'm not a superstar. Right, she but- doesn't want to see even people who she does want to see. Uh, who who have vocally supported her she's also blocked it doesn't make it she's chaotic but I think about that interaction when Andy had Jill on Watch What Happens Live and they were sort of able to like talk about their stuff and it's like I think I as a as a longtime listener of AG mm. would be interested Taste. in the conversation also because you should tell her she doesn't know who I am and if she did she'd be like fucking. oh she actually does know who I am because the hour that the Daily Beast post that I wrote went up. She posted some fucking shit that I couldn't see because I was blocked. She was like, yes, I'm moving on. People talk about me, but I'm a queen. Listen, I don't wrestle, okay? I don't know the W. I ugh, don't even stupped someone poorly who was into wrestling, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I, like this is not, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. but I, I would be into having a conversation with her, but I don't know who she is. And I know that she's not into it. The whole thing about AG is about connection. So like you and I can connect, including about having different thoughts and feelings about things. I have such respect for you that I'm going to talk to you and be like, what's going on with Lisa Rinna? Because I love you and I adore when you have a different perspective and when you disagree with a take. That to me is like the sweetest spot. Do I think Rinna has capacity for that? No. 
I don't would I be disagree. open to and I would come to her with total respect. I want yeah, I know even you. if it's like whomever, I want someone to sit down and feel comfortable and like have an a, a warm because I want them to come back. That's the business of podcasting. Anybody. And you could have Teddy, but we would have a different kind of conversation than what she's comfortable with. The only person who I really don't want to talk to, honestly, of the millions of housewives is Danielle Staub. What about Siggy? And Siggy, who I just so, wait, so deeply you say, doesn't live here anymore. That would you say right now of all of the housewives and Cameron? Because it's I'm just it's, who's Cameron? I, she's exhausting. The um, blonde from Dallas. Oh, there's there's got to be more that you'd be unwilling to talk to. That you would be surprised. Okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, of all the current housewives, would you say that there's, or no, current, of all the housewives, period, is there anyone that you have as much ferocity about as Rinna? Is there anyone else who's like... I have a lot, lot more honest, stronger dislike of Teddy than Lisa Rinna. Lisa Rinna, I get annoyed because I think she's playing us, she she is in some ways successfully playing us as a fool, and I don't take away from her past history. I just think that, like, she is such a clown at this point that it's honestly distracting. Because there's nobody taking her on. I do just want to say, though, it's like, in this conversation, it's like, I agree with, like, everything you're pointing out is all there. Like, I'm not, like, gaslighting you in any sense. It's like, everything you're saying... (laughs) I can't stop. I'm sorry. I can't stop snorting. Everything you're saying, it's like, I get it. It's like, I don't have a strong case to make in favor of Lisa Rinna. Again, it just goes back to like I like the woman and I find her entertaining. If if those that don't, then it's like I completely. I just think that like it's tired at a certain point. It's tired, but I don't. But there are so I don't many dislike things... her in the way that I dislike Teddy. But who also, I think it's dangerous. There are so many things on Housewives that are tired right now that it's like sort of just like okay, it's like we're into like the 30, 40th, 50th season of some of the, like uh, overall of the of this show now. And so it's like yes, there are tropes. There's going to be repeats of things. Rinna is throwing a million things at the wall. A lot of them aren't working. But my defense would be, if I were to make one with it, it's like at least she's throwing things at the wall where you've got a number of characters on other franchises. And on Beverly Hills. And on Beverly Hills who it's like, there is nothing there. I don't disagree with that. My problem with Rinna, honestly, at its core, is that no one is willing to take her on. And maybe they so, understand that she's performing, but someone else then needs to perform. Like great. this whole tension with Kyle to well, me that's is why so performative. So bring that back I'm like, Denise. take it on. Get Denise back. Denise can't do it. I think she could after a season off. I don't think Denise has capacity. I think she, her gut instinct is to hide. But I do Denise, not think she could do Denise it. If Denise comes in and links up with Garcelle and Sutton this time. And, and they help they her. Film, they train uh, her. You know, the uh, the opposition Fox Force 5. I I don't see it, but sure. I hear what you're saying, though. It's like, yeah, we need someone to come. It's a, It goes back. It's like what we were talking about earlier with Jen. It's like you just, you need, if you're going to have these big personalities, you need an adversary that can face off. That was the great thing about ben- Bethany v. Ramona was it's like they were both these yes. two really powerful figures who could tete-a-tete. Who can trigger Lisa yeah. Renna? Even like Might Lou, be Kathy. Even Bethany Kathy v. Lou. It's like Lou, in all of her delusion, Lou can hold her own against Bethany. And Lou was able to rattle Bethany's cage. Whereas with like, w- there have been other fights with like, Jules is a great example where it's like, Jules was not a, a worthy enough to go against Bethany. So it's like, it didn't work. And then you have instances where it's like Kelly, where it's like, it worked because it, it, it worked because it was so didn't work that it ended up flipping around and then suddenly working. That's more lightning in a bottle. Listen, I can strongly dislike someone. And in, in, in fact, I almost encourage it because it's great 
conversation to dislike someone and have them continue on housewives i just don't know what what value rena will continue to bring mm-hmm. unless we have someone who can truly take her on and how much of that responsibility is it just that she has exhausted everyone to this point like how much of that is fear because they don't want her to turn i don't know and maybe they all like her because she's so likable <laughs> i want to amend my words i take Please. back confrontational i say heated because i don't want confrontational to come with ne- with a negative connotation you I just heated. don't think that I'm com- I, yeah, but heated. I think my personality probably is um is organically heated. But I'm I'm, pa- I'm a passionate person. Yeah, but that's why so many of us listen to your show. Yeah, it's like we want the heat. Do we? Yeah. Oh, without question. I think that's one of your greatest assets in life. Is that like? <laughs> no, I'm serious. I feel like because you because you are able to like unpack so many of these topics that I would never even give a second thought to. Because you do it and you dissect it in such a smart and thoughtful way, I it reframes the way I look at this show as a result. And if it didn't have the heat, if it was lukewarm, I think I don't think I would be have my, you know, I wouldn't be as interested. Well, I'm so appreciative for that. And I have to just say that that's why I'm like obsessed with you, not just because you have, again, great taste, but because of the way that you dissect and communicate things. I think there's like no one greater. I have always thought of you as the Doris Kearns Goodwin of Bravo. And shout out to anyone who knows who that is. But honestly, you, I mean, one of the great things about this podcast. Let's just talk about how great we are. Yeah. What's the difference? What's the opposite of confrontation? But I love Love that that you're able to have all these different people on that have all these different perspectives and vantage points on. People hate that sometimes. Why? They don't want to hear. They get upset. They get very upset when they hear something that they don't want to hear, which I get. I can, I but it's like someone can listen to this and be like, Evan's fucking off his rocker. Well, that's that that's would the be the nature of like getting on the mic, though. That is what I think is great. But people disagree with me. But that's OK. Yeah. That's okay. But I think one thing that we share in common is it's like and this is, again, by being a, a person in, in the public sphere or whatever. It's like and if you're going to be a person with strong opinions, you're going to. Be, have a podcast but it's going to be invite people with opposing opinions to feel more incentivized to speak out i can't believe we didn't spend a single moment talking about white lotus or potomac we barely touched on potomac we talked about potomac no but not enough candace first of all <laughs> if you haven't streamed insecure like i'm not being i'm not being hyperbolic is insecure here. the name of the album no it's that is a, a new single yeah it's the new single okay, so with i Trina. know come back oh okay i'm sorry it was just featured on the show <laughs> right 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 and did you say come back instead of drive back no but i I mean this i mean this so genuinely because there's a way in which it's like obviously there's this lineage of housewives and music (laughs) gotta gotta come back (laughs) (laughs) i I watched bros last night you watched what bros last night because i'm an ally we'll talk about offline um, I do not think you can compare Candace's music to the lineage of like, it's not housewives music. Candace is a musician who is doing, who is performing some Agree. of her artistry on the show. I, I really, really like the song Insecure. And it's a grower. Like the more I listen to it, the more I like it. And Trina's verse She's a grower, not everything. a shower. Um, Unlike that guy that I slept with. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am really. Who still follows me on Instagram. I understand. I mean, I'm great. You're great. Um, this I'm might be cut. Loving Candace this season, my only thing that's tricky for me when it comes to Candace is, you know, in that last episode with that weird Robin with the speaker thing, it's like they did have the footage with Candace. And now she spoke about it on Watch What Happens Live and she was like, I didn't remember that I had said it. The stuff with Karen. Yeah. And it's like she's actually said it. My only thing that makes Candace tricky, but I kind of think this is what makes her an exciting housewife, is the fact that it's like, 
it's hard to stand Candace because she does a lot of, like she gets in the mud a lot. For instance, like, I love all of her things that she says in the confessionals, dragging the other women. Is it body shaming? Yes. Is it problematic? Yes. Do I love it? Yes. Neck and is angles? it com- Yeah. It's complicated. I don't know that, I don't know I don't we- know that that's body shaming. Because like, and I they think talk that, about me as big feet, but as someone, as we can look at my Manolos and don't you worry about that size. Like I have larger feet. I think there's a, I have a, I'm a full feet figured person. I think the constant, I don't think, it's that, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a, I mean, LOL, huge problem. I think there's an insinuation that they're making by repeatedly calling out me as foot size. That has to get into like fat shaming? No, that has to get into like other stuff. Like I think that it's not, they it don't. It gets into like a weird area when it comes to like an imp- underlurking I think the implication, like a transphobia yes, kind yes. of thing. I think okay. the implication of the comment is that okay, you've got, got big that, feet, you're like that. a man. Okay, that I did And not. I think the repeated use of it, like the fact that they always make that's that. That's interesting. That's my interpretation. I would love to hear you talk about that with Candace. But. You should have Candace on Shut Up Evan. I've thought about it. I'm really, I, it's funny. It's funny you say that. I actually just reached out to her because I was listening to Insecure on my way here and I DM'd her for the very first time. I was like, I don't even know if she checks her DMs, but I was like, I'm listening to a I'm bop. I'm sure she does. And that bop is by Candace. I'm sure she does as well. Does she follow you? No. Wow. Yeah, the Surprising. only Potomac interaction I've had is, is uh, no Karen. I I wish I oh, no, I've never Karen would be. Yeah, I've interviewed Karen, but I know I I I would love to talk to Giselle. What did you think about front of the pod Matt Rogers saying on Watch What Happens that he didn't think the Instagram live should should be a part of the show? I agree with him because really? Yeah, because I think it was such a, this is the it was a weird thing for Potomac to do because I feel like Potomac has so many other things going on that it like this felt very like low-hanging fruit to me, which was that like any like my and I think a lot of people listening might have shared this thought process where it's like when she said that she didn't mean it was a colloquialism right like she didn't actually mean it about everyone at the table understood and so I think that like by them showing it it like muddied this thing where it's like they have footage of her saying a thing but like it's not actually what she meant and many of us know exactly what she meant and they were making a thing out of it and I just I thought like of all of the drama that we've had um on this trip like I could, I would have just completely cut this scene altogether because it's like we don't need this bit, and it's like I don't really understand like Robin's motive here, and it's also confusing storytelling because like when Candace first arrived to the house, she was greeted by Robin, who caught her up on all the goings on, and then all of a sudden she wakes up the next morning, Candace, and she's like, enemy number one is Robin, when as we know, Robin's the one that stuck up for her with the whole Chris situation. I guess what's interesting, but this is both a positive and negative with Potomac right now, is it's like the allegiances just switch on a dime, which is one of the like fun things about it. But I do, I need Candace and Ashley to get it together and like be team friendship. Because like, I, I really, I, obviously I think many of us, like we love Candace. I think people are divided on Ashley. I really love Ashley. I love Ashley. I want them I in an alliance her. together. I love, when we had that uh, very, very, that, very very sad restaurant that they went to for the lunch with um with Karen and with Wendy. Do you know what I'm talking about? The four of them. When the other women were at the beach. This was two episodes ago. Tell me again. That really really sad restaurant. So many of their choices have been sad. Oh my god. No, but this restaurant was like very what? Sad. It was a turn for the worse. Yeah. It was, oh, I remember. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like this foursome to me. I was like I am really really here for this group. It's like the I just Cuban food. They had Cuban food. I don't know what it was, but okay. it was a mistake. Um I was like, I'm just so here for this. Um, but unfortunately, it's like, then it falls apart again. So then you have the splintering, Ashley and Candace, and then now Candace and Karen are split apart. I'm, yeah, I'm just, 
very curious to see where things head out because obviously it's from the trailer for part two of the season, Karen really seems to be the focal point of things moving forward. I am also ready to see Juan pop off because that chilling uh, phone call that we hear. Yeah, all around. Did you? Did you? Are you following all out? of the Juan Robin stuff off the show? What Ron Robin stuff off the show? Oh, you don't know. I know that there was something hap- that happened with basketball stuff. Yeah. Okay, you're following How- it. Yeah, that's not really Robin, though. That's Juan. Oh, no, but I'm saying it's like, well, I meant the family. Like, are you following? Yeah. Yeah. Because people are like. Seems real bad. Yeah, because people are like, Robin, you need to like. You know what's going to be bad about that? She's going to do an Ashley when it comes to the reunion. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where Ashley is like, um, these listen, I would never victim shame. These having to defend these toxic ass men. Yeah, and I've never fucked with Juan. I think it's because he's too attractive. So when people were like, ooh, love Juan, I was like, I don't know. He's not my guy. Yeah, he kind of has um, Apollo energy. It's like being like really, Jesus. really attractive, but like there's just something about him where I'm like, I don't know. I don't trust this man. I wouldn't put him in an Apollo bucket. I would just say like I'm not physically attracted to him because he's too physically attractive. Uh, fair. Um, I'm in an Apollo bucket. For, I mean, we'll, see, we'll see what it nuts out with all of this the stuff, the mounting accusations. Anything before we wrap, because we've run a little long, anything that you disagree with um, that I've said recently on an Andy Scrolls that you'd like to hold me accountable? No. No? Nothing? Nothing? No. I got nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Shocking. I know I've had bad takes. But, like, we've all had bad takes. I had bad takes several times throughout this episode. Same. Okay. Can I, t- can I say um, Truth Corner? Truth. Yeah. Um, I want to like Candace again. And I don't know that we can repair because she really crossed a real serious line for me. What's the line cross? Um, we had a, a direct engagement uh-huh. when I held her accountable for her like explicit fat and body shaming uh-huh. against that um, commenter, content creator who later died, who she was like, you're going to die any day. And then he did, in fact, die. Oh, my God. And I was like, that's not great. And I said that it regardless of what he has done to you and I don't know this person from Adam so it's not like I like whatever I don't follow a lot of the content creation around housewives um because I'm too busy rewatching White Lotus but um so I was like that's not great and as someone who has lived with an eating disorder since the beginning of days that's just that's very triggering to people who are outside of this and she did not take well to that Interesting. I mean, this does track with Candace's online behavior that we've seen in the past. But I do also think she's grown since then. I would like us to have. I would like us to have a growth conversation. She's been on Andy's. I was going to say that's what she brought up when she was like, "Well, blah blah blah," Um, which is unfortunate because I actually have seen growth in her, and I think she has had growth on social media. And I thought she did a great job at BravoCon on the panel, let alone her performance. I would love to talk to her, but I just don't think that she has. I don't know that she has grown that much. Huh. To have a growth conversation. But I would love to have like a genuinely positive healing conversation. Which is funny because I've... That's, we're actually not going to finish that sentence. But um, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's so stupid. Trust me, it's like not. Um, Evan Ross Katz, what a way to end the episode. Mm. To be continued. To be continued. You know, I, I want to come you. back... Um, tomorrow. When, tomorrow. And when, when Roni gets up and running. We're not waiting that long. It has been 67 episodes since you've been on the podcast. How much did you want to fucking kill me during the lead up to um, AG Live, by the way? I felt so bad after. Why? Because I was like on top of you because I was spiraling about no, the but, show. No, you never annoy me because it's like you're a hustler. I, I do hustle, but sometimes I hustle a little too much. No, I don't agree with you at all. Really? Yeah. I felt so bad after. Why? Because I thought I was like being, I was on top of you too much in a way. This is a very, this is therapy. I don't, you weren't. Okay. 
You it's would like, tell me. Would you tell me? I would tell you. Okay. And also it's like you have a live event and you have someone. I was very stressed out. Yeah. And you were doing a live event and you have someone on the podcast that has a big platform and you want to use that platform to help generate like more interest. It's like it all makes sense. Oh, okay. Also, good. how many people are in a similar situation and think that they're annoying the person and don't ask and then as a result don't like get what it's like you got what you wanted. Yeah. It's like you didn't annoy me. I mean, you know how like depression is anger turned inward? Right. You could say that about But chaos. also if I didn't want to, if I didn't, like if I didn't like it, it's like I wouldn't have said yes to doing, doing the show to begin you with. You did also yes in like five seconds. Yeah, because I'm happy to do it. I'm I here right now too. so much. I know. I love you so I'm much. I'm not one who like, I sort of lead I by my actions, which booze. is like, so if I don't like, you know. Yeah. But no, you didn't, no, you were good. So there was not a shut up Sarah? <laughs> no, there's no shut up Sarah. Okay. Uh, I was going to, yeah. <laughs> No, I was told. Like I was told, shut up, Evan. Do you like us for Because I'm like, oh, can't say that. Well, because it's like I'm at that point where it's like when I have the, it's like I, you want to say something, it's like, oh, you're. Anyway, you can't. It's not I worth it. I was at a dinner last night it. where someone very funny pointed out my tattoo. Oh my god, you have a tattoo that says "Shut Up, Evan." You didn't know that. Is that where this came from? That's where the podcast came from. I've had this for years. Oh, just like how people think Dame Galley is about Dame Karen Huger, and it's because my voice and speech yeah, coach, exactly. voice and speech professor in college, called me Dame Galley because of my authoritative. This is from tone. my tw- running the New York City Marathon in 2018. Why does it say "Shut Up, Evan"? Because it was a thing with my best friend and I ran the marathon together, and whenever I would want to give up, when we were doing our like our practice runs, he would tell me to shut up. Well, it was actually "Shut Up, F Word," um, but then I was like, I don't want to get that tattoo, so it became "Shut Up, Evan." I have an idea for a podcast for us. <laughs> tell me. We'll talk about it. Like, <laughs> okay. Evan Ross Katz, tell the people where they can listen to your podcast and follow you on social. You can check out Shut Up Evan and Drop Your Buffs on all social platforms. And you can check out the new episode of the season four premiere of Shut Up Evan featuring SD Heim, which will be a White Oof. Lotus postmortem, which <gasps> will be going up on Tuesday. How do we feel about White Lotus season two or season one? Mm. Uh, both. Good answer. Jennifer Coolidge, best of all time. Uh, icon, legend, mother. Are we boycotting the Emmys because they cut her off? Not pleased about that, but there are a million other reasons to boycott the Emmys, namely Jimmy Kimmel and uh, Oof, his dead body Jesus thing over Quinta Brunson's right. That speech. never got resolved. Yeah, so I would say, yes, happy to boycott the Happy to boycott award bodies in general. Can you ask her if I can have her green dress that she may or may mm. not own? Who did it? Don't change them on. God damn it! It's just like a fucking sun red dress. Where I'm like, oh, that's so really yes, cute. you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they, she doesn't have it anymore. Oh my god. On that note, guys, um, I have so much more for you on the Andy Scrolls Patreon. Number one way to support the pod. Uh, so news coming out next week. You're gonna want to follow the Patreon. You're gonna get 48 hours notice on what that is. I'll tell you about that offline. Um, and there are new episodes going up this weekend. Catching up on Miami. And I'm going to do a special episode about that Watch What Happens with Bethany and Jeff. I took notes. Mm. I watched it a second time this morning. I've listened to his reaction on Radio Andy twice as well as her pod. And what a journey that was. So please join the Andy Scrolls Patreon because I had to listen to Bethany Frankel gaslight all of us about how much of a victim she was on Watch What Happens and really would appreciate um, a little bit of your attention on that Patreon episode because it's going to be intense. I haven't recorded it yet because I'm still simmering. I mean, I'm near to a full boil. Guys, follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Evan, never shut up, okay? Okay. Love you so much. Love you. A confrontation. <laughs> Heated confrontation. I can't believe I'm confrontational. I really no, didn't my- know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about that more offline. Guys, I hope you're all doing okay. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.